0: Greetings in this most holy of seasons. I'm Terry Bentley, the district superintendent in the Mountain Lakes District, and I'm honored today to share with you in this time of devotion. The text assigned today is the traditional Palm Sunday text. We hear that familiar story once again. We remember and we celebrate a king's arrival. For the last five weeks of Lent, we have journeyed with Jesus as he was on the way. On the way, he continued to teach and challenge his followers with some of the most difficult sayings. But today, he has arrived. This week is an emotional roller coaster. Today, we celebrate and proclaim: Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Then, Friday, We weep as a sign is nailed above him to that old rugged cross, and it reads simply, King of the Jews. We experience a sacred meal and feel the sharp prick of the nails of betrayal. We find ourselves in the fear, in the darkness of Good Friday, and then experience the light and power of hope on Resurrection Sunday. By the end of this week, the King will carry us on a deep journey that will leave us wrung out, expended, yet on our knees crying, glory to our great King. And it all begins right now. Hear the reading of the text from John. John chapter 12, verses 12 through 16. The next day, the crowd that had come for the feast, heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and set upon it, As it is written, Do not be afraid, O daughter of Zion." See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that they had done these things to him. And that is the word of God for the people of God. It was no accident that Jesus... Chose the time and the setting. This very day was chosen for him to come out of the secrecy that surrounded him, the identity and purpose of his living. This day would begin a week when the population of the holy city exploded to five, ten times its normal size. Today, the tenth day of Nisan, began the festival of the Passover, a holy festival where the Jewish nation celebrated their miraculous deliverance in exodus from the clutches and suffering of captivity to a brutal king. Not by accident, but very purposefully, another ruling power came to Jerusalem that day as well. On the first day of the Passover celebration, Pilate himself made his appearance. He was assigned by the powers of Rome to oversee the affairs and keep the peace in Jerusalem. He hated the small, out-of-the-way appointment. He chose to live in his palace at Caesarea by the sea, a beautiful spot near the warm, sparkling waters of the Mediterranean. This was a place with a gentle, refreshing ocean breeze. Jerusalem was hot, humid, and always had the horrible smell of sacrifices. Beside all of this, in Jerusalem, everyone hated his guts. But on this particular day, he made his regular march to the holy city. He arrived from the west with clattering armor, thundering hooves, and roaring chariots, with glistening sword in hand in the morning sun. All of this to intimidate and to demonstrate his power. He wanted everyone to know who was really in charge. It was also a message for the people to not even think about an uprising or any kind of rebellion. This was a clear message sent and meant to keep the Jews in their proper place and the people beaten down. But at the same time, coming from the obscurity of the East was this Galilean preacher and his motley crew. Jesus, famous for always walking, not today. Today he was riding, not on a stallion of war, but he enters on a meek and lowly donkey. He arrives unarmed, not to intimidate, but simply to confront the powers that be and to confront a world of evil with mercy and love. While it may seem like a rather benign event, For those desperate Jews living in bondage and oppression, fueled by an undying hope of a Messianic king, this event was bursting with possibility. These folks knew well the promise of the prophet Zechariah. The message was delivered. The message was received. A king is coming. They remembered well these words, Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt and a foal of a donkey. Zechariah 9.9 At the same time this was going on, the Jewish religious leaders were in worship. We are told by religious scholars that on the first day of the great festival, the traditional liturgical reading uh, was read the same every year. The Jewish religious elite were reading from Psalm 24. Lift up your heads, you gates, be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he, the King of glory? The Lord Almighty, he is the King of glory. As they sang the psalm in worship, a formal practice that repeat, was repeated every year while they waited. The King of Glory appeared unbeknownst to them. In that one mystical moment, in this holy place, this holy city, the political world, the religious world, and the King of Glory collided in one cosmic explosion. I remember standing in Bethphagy several years ago, looking down this narrow, crooked path. We call it the Palm Sunday Road. The road descended for about three quarters of a mile and dropped some 200 feet. From the Mount of Olives, we looked down into the Kidron Valley, past a garden of olive trees, Gethsemane, the olive press. From our place on the mountain, we could see the walls of the Holy City, a great view of the city that killed the prophets. Before us was the Eastern Gate, the Golden Gate, and for sure the temple courtyard. Suddenly, I was carried back some 2,000 years. As Jesus stood near Bethphage on the slopes of the Mount of Olives, the people took off their coats, made a carpet for him, sounding a little bit like what they did hundreds of years earlier on the day that King Jehu was coronated. Now the 44th and the last king of Israel Made his way toward the city. He seemed to be different than all the previous kings. Still others stripped the palm branches from the trees, waved them toward the king as he rode past them on the back of a donkey. Then they did the unmistakable. In the true messianic testimony, they raised and crossed the palm branches. The sign actually came from their own coinage during the Maccabean period. But how could the authorities arrest or harass a people for just waving palm branches? But it was more what they said. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David Hosanna in the highest heaven. As Jesus descended, there was the prayer garden, the Garden of Gethsemane. He would have passed the house of Ananias, the high priest that year. He would have walked past some local carpenter shops, maybe carpenters who contracted with the Romans to build those awful crosses. As the king made his way through the golden gate and into the city, he would pass those Roman soldiers in their centurion barking orders. This group of hardened men would have thought nothing about killing another Jewish rebel rouser. By now the lambs had arrived. You know, the lambs that would be slaughtered for atonement. These innocent lambs of God, lambs raised for only one purpose, to die for the people. Also there in the temple courts were the tax collectors awaiting the collection for the temple tax. Jesus, the king, arrives on the scene, looks around, surveys the landscape, and simply departs back to the safety of the village of Bethany for the evening. The week went on. He continued to teach on the steps outside the temple and in the courts. He turned over a few merchandisers' tables in the house of prayer. He ate a last meal with his friends in an upper chamber and had a private prayer meeting with his father. He was betrayed by one of his own, and he watched as all of his friends fled away into the darkness of night. He was arrested and falsely accused, convicted, beaten, and led out of the city to an awful place called Golgotha. As his trial continued, the crowd showed up again, maybe the same crowd who welcomed him into the city waving palm branches. Some of the voices that shouted, Hosanna on Sunday, now on Friday, are crying, crucify him. Those who waved the palm branches now wave angry fists at this king. Could I just simply say, sometimes fans are a very fickle group. He may not have been a king in their eyes, but certainly he was a king that the world had been expected and wanted. Standing there on the Mount of Olives those years ago, I remember that the tour guide gave us a little story in living color. As we prepared to walk the the road that Jesus walked on Palm Sunday, our leader said, this narrow way is covered up with thugs and thieves. It's a favorite spot for scam artists, pickpockets, and a lot of folks are up to no good. Put all your valuables, money, and passports in a zipped pocket. These folks are riff Again, I started thinking about the crowds on that first Palm Sunday, the crowds that were surrounding us hundreds of years later. And there were probably some of the same folks then as now. You know the type. Sinners. Sinners just like me. Sinners who need a saving king more than they need a military, political king. Sinners whom Jesus came to save. But yet, a king on a cross is hard to embrace. He may not be the king everybody wants, But most assuredly, he is the king that everyone needs. Sisters and brothers, our king has come. The king of glory. And I pray that as we continue to walk through this week, that we will be endued with power, peace, and grace to walk with Him. And may His very presence lead us beyond this week to serve Him forever and ever. And we pray in the name of our blessed King. Amen.